But I hope you all had a lovely Christmas. Can you all hear me, yeah? Okay, brilliant. Do you all have a good Christmas? And tomorrow is the new year. It's so lovely to be in church, and it's New Year's Eve. And I don't know about you, but I find Christmas and New Year's Eve just like a really funny, sleepy, lazy time. And I I didn't even know what day it was. I thought it was Saturday, or I thought it was Friday yesterday. I didn't even know. And then also, you find that you go to bed really late. You know, you like look at the time, and you're like, ooh, it's midnight. Where did that go, you know? Or... um, you live off, you know, all leftovers or, you know, food in the reduce section in the supermarket, you know, those like little party food that you're like, you wouldn't spend six pounds on, but then it's 99p and you're like, oh, I'll, I'll give those little mini hamburgers a go or something like that. It's that funny time. And um, at, during this time, I really like to look at the year that has just gone. I like to debrief. And I think it's really good to debrief. Just look at what went well, what didn't go well, and um, you know, how you can improve. And I really highly recommend that, that you do that, and that you do that with Jesus as well, because he knows it all. I mean, he knows exactly what's going to happen in 2018. So you might as well be honest with him, because he knows it, and he loves you anyway. So um, that's the time to, you know, it's a time to look at what's happened. And it's also a time where people set goals. And maybe you think, I don't even want to set a goal. You know, I'm just so exhausted. I just want to survive 2018. I'm someone that is, I'm a bit of a dreamer. I'm very goal-orientated. And I like maybe have 50 goals, but I only achieve maybe a quarter of one of those goals throughout the whole year. So for me, I'm really trying to focus on one goal and actually be consistent with it and then move on to the next one. But today, um, what's on my heart? I'm really passionate for everybody to have a deeper relationship with Jesus. And we are all in different places. Some of you may not even be a Christian. And personally speaking, I highly recommend Jesus. He has completely changed my life. His love is so amazing. I can't even say the, the right words. He is just wonderful. And so, you know, he's there for you. If you're, in, if you're interested, he is there for you. He's just there, ready, waiting when you're ready. And um, for those of you who have in a relationship with Jesus, um, I just want to encourage you on a few things or remind you of some things that have made an impact in my life in 2017. I just want to let you know about that so that it can you know, just help you in your journey with Jesus. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everything. Thank you that it's New Year's Eve and that we're here today. And Lord, I just pray that you um, help us to, to listen to you, what you have to say. And I just pray that you speak through me, Lord, and I just pray, Lord, that um, you help us to just trust in you more and more in the new year. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I've got three points that I want to share or remind you if you know these already. So the first one is to believe and walk in the truth that our identity and value is in Jesus Christ. Now, in a couple of months' time, there's going to be a royal wedding. So Meghan Markle is going to marry Prince Harry, and she's going to be, become a member of the royal family. And if they have children, she'll be carrying a child with royal blood. 
and she will have greater prestige. But the truth is that we are more royal than the royal family. Now, before I even go into that, yes, we find identity in where, you know, where we come from and where, what we may look like and what, um, what we're interested in, but our true identity is in Jesus Christ. Now, going back to the royalness now, I'm just going to read um, a verse, 1 Peter 2, 9. It says, but you are, in fact, why don't you read it with me? But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of God, oh, sorry, of him, sorry, who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now, going back to being royal, we are royal. We're more royal. In Jesus, we're more royal than the royal family because we are in Jesus. Jesus is the king of kings. And so we are a part of his body. We are co-heirs to the throne. And so we are royal. We're also a priesthood because we have a direct relationship with God because of Jesus. Now, in the Old Testament, the priests were the only ones that could have that relationship with God, that one-on-one relationship, and they would get that once a year. But because of Jesus Christ, because of what Jesus has done for us, we can actually have that direct contact with God, not just yearly, but every day, every hour, every minute, every second, we have that. And we are God's children. We belong to him. So we have so much value. We have so much value. We are so precious. Our value is not based on anything in this world. Nothing about our our background, our family name, what we've done, good or bad, what what our jobs, what, what car, what house we have or don't have what we're studying to become, none of that has to do with our value. And I'm just so relieved, relieved that, you know, our, our value is in Jesus Christ and not anything to do with this world because this world is transient. Circumstances change. Things evolve. Things die. You could be so talented at something. You could be hot one minute, and all it takes is someone else to come along who can do what you can do or even better, and then you're forgotten. And the thing is that when you find your identity and your value in things, you try and control it because things are developing all the time, so you try and hold on to it, and you might try and hold people back because you don't want them to develop. I used to teach Pilates at a gym, and I was the only one that taught Pilates, and I found my identity in that. I was the Pilates instructor. And then so other instructors would really take an interest in Pilates, and they were like, you know what, I think I might study it. And I was like, no, 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 because I am the one. And I would discourage them, discourage them, because I was the one that taught Pilates. I found my identity in that. And we can do that in all sorts of things. We can do that in relationships. You might be friends with someone, and you find meaning and value in your friendship or a little group you've got. And all it takes is someone else to come in and occupy your space. And you start to feel really insecure. And so you want to hold them back, keep them out of that little group. 
Or we can do that with our children. It is so easy because, oh, because children take up so much of your time. You can just get lost in with your children. You just focus with your children. And sometimes, you know, you ask people how they are, and they don't even talk about themselves. They just talk about their children. It's easily, you know, done where you're just. It's all about the kids. I mean, my husband and I, over Christmas, we've been so busy with the children, so busy that when we put them to bed, we actually pass out ourselves. <laughs> my husband puts my son Brody in one room, I put Skylar in the other, and literally we pass out. And then, like, we wake up, and then I'm like, it's two o'clock. I've missed my evening. I have not. I can't say when the last time I've sat down and watched TV for myself. All I seem to be watching is CBBS. <laughs> But the thing is, you can get so focused in your children, and then they grow up, and then they don't need you like they did anymore. And then at that point, you can actually try and hold them back because you don't want them to go. Because if they go, who are you? What are you about? But. It's so good that our identity and our value is in Jesus and nothing in this world. Another thing that is so good about that our value and our identity is in Jesus is that it doesn't matter how people treat you and what they think about you. In the sense that if they reject you, it doesn't matter because they are not telling you who you are. And sometimes people reject us or they ignore us or we're not cool enough, and so we ignore them back. Or you know, we give them that cold shoulder, or we you know, we give them a bit of attitude to let them know. Listen, you need to know who you're dealing with. But we don't have to do that because our value is in Jesus. We don't have to prove our worth if people don't like us because we're not, you know, we're not what they want in a friend or what they want to, you know, the type of person they want to talk to. And so I want to encourage someone here today that you know what, in 2018 or maybe even today. You can actually, if you go face to face to someone who's rejected you, who you know doesn't want to even talk to you, if you're face to face to them, you can smile in their face, and you know what? You can turn the other cheek. And if they want to reject you, it doesn't matter because your value is not what they think about you. It's in Jesus Christ. Yes. So anyway, that's one point. The second point that I want to、um, to remind you of, or just share with you. Um, is to believe that all your needs are met in Jesus. Now, in 2017, I experienced a new dynamic in my relationship with Jesus. Now, I'm a stay-at-home mum, and I have found that quite challenging, and I've also found that quite lonely at times. And I tend to find taking my kids or taking my son to school so stressful. It's such an ordeal to get him out the house and walk to school. That, especially at this time, when he goes into his class, it's just such a relief, such a relief, and I feel so empty. And I want to connect. I want to connect with someone. And I felt so lonely at times, to the point that it just hurts, and I start crying. That's what happened. I was crying because of the pain of the loneliness. Now I've got a husband, and I also got really good friends, especially in the church. But you know what? I don't live near them, and you know, half the time we have to like look in our diaries when we can meet up.
But what I was seeking was someone that I could just do life with, you know, just do day-to-day -day life with, where I could have a cup of tea with someone, just talk about parenting, talk about just all sorts of things, and just, you know, just feel good, and then just move on to, to the next round with, you know, with the day. And so I used to walk and pray to God and just ask Jesus, please, could you just provide that girl? Please, can you provide that mum friend for me? I really need someone. And I started to visualize what I would want this mum friend to look like. And I, you know, I really wanted her to like, you know, maybe like chai tea and all sorts of stuff like that. And like, she'd be a Christian and she'd be really cool and really funky and you know, we could be so honest with each other. And I kept praying and saying, God, please, can you provide her? Please provide her. And then Jesus said to me, I'll be that mum friend for you. I'll be that mum friend. And I was a bit shocked about it. But I started to see Jesus as my friend as well. And I just remember him saying, so come on then, let's walk and let's talk. And when you get home, you put on that kettle and you make your chai tea and then we can hang out together. And it really made an impact on my relationship with Jesus. And sometimes we are praying and asking God to give us something so that it will meet our need when really all we need is Jesus, that he is the very thing that we need rather than having this external physical thing. We just need to go to Jesus and fulfill our needs. So the third thing is go to Jesus first before getting your needs met in things and people. Now, I've just realized that I forgot to tell you um, the, the verse. I wanted to remind you of a verse, and it's um, Philippians 4.19. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. We can do that. We have Jesus to supply all our needs. So, yes, go to Jesus first before getting your needs met in things and people. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, I've got a bit of an addiction to sugar. And I have had a few sugar detoxes. I'm going to um, detox some sugar in the new year, not tomorrow, the 2nd <laughs> of January, because I have a big meal tomorrow, and hopefully it's the 2nd of January, and if not, definitely the 8th of January. <laughs> So I do like a bit of sugar. I kind of reined it in just before Christmas, but then we just had so much chocolate and whatnot. But the thing is, it's going to be really hard for, for two weeks in my household because mum is off sugar and I get really irritable and my husband will come in and be like, yeah, you're not having sugar, are you? And I'm like, no. And so I'm going to do that. And I've done it a few times and I feel so much better when I don't have it anyway, even though for the first two weeks it's really hard. But the first time I actually took a detox from sugar, I realized I had a problem because I was really scared to not eat sugar. I actually thought to myself, how am I gonna get through the day with not having a slice of cake? I actually said that to myself. In fact, I even took it a little bit deeper and I went, how am I gonna exist? And then I thought, whoa, Denise, you've got a problem. You've got a problem. <laughs> and the thing is, when I did that, when I came on sugar for the first time, 
all sorts of stuff were coming up. I had no idea I had an, an anxiety problem, that I actually got anxious just leaving my house and walking down my high street. I had no idea. And things were coming up, and I would just give it to Jesus, give it to Jesus, things about my childhood, and I was just giving it to Jesus because I was not suppressing it with sugar, with a drug. I had a wound and I was putting a bandage on that. And as I took that bandage off, I had to deal with the wound and I had to give that to Jesus. So this is why it's good to go to Jesus first before um, getting your knees met in things. Also, it's good to go to Jesus first before getting your knees met in people. We all know Christian people and it's so easy to get them to pray um, for us, to get them to listen to our problems and then, you know, ask them to encourage us. But you know what? We can go to Jesus. Why live on somebody else's faith? Get your own. Be alone with Jesus. Also, it's so easy to look at people who are influential, who are powerful, who are so attractive, and you want them to mentor you, to, to you know, hook you up and, and you know, really encourage you. And there's nothing wrong with being mentored by amazing people. But the thing is, the most influential, powerful being is Jesus, and he is there for you, ready for you to just engage with, so you can go to Jesus Christ before things and before people. So those are the three things that I wanted to talk to you about. And you might be thinking, okay, so how do I do this? How do I implement these things in my life? Well, firstly, I just encourage you to be alone with Jesus Christ. Be alone with him, just connect, just you and him. Listen to him, listen to what he has to say. Listen to him, let him tell you who you are in him. Also, look at the gateways of your heart. Look at where you go to other things before Jesus. So where you are hungry, I'm not necessarily talking about food, it might be food, but where you are really hungry, where you have that need, what are you filling that emptiness with instead of Jesus? Where you are bored, what are you engaging with? Why don't you engage with Jesus? Where you are alone, what are you surrounding yourself with? Surround yourself with Jesus. You know, in the mornings, I think to myself that, I tend to want to speak to my husband, especially when I've dropped my son off from school and that emptiness, that time, I want to call my husband. It's 8.50 in the morning. He's one of the, you know, him and my mum are, are, are closest to me. So I always, you know, think, oh, I'll call my husband or I'll call my mum. It's 8.50, my, my husband's just going to work. He doesn't want to speak to me. He doesn't want to hear what I have to say, you know. And my mum, she's retired, she's just waking up. She doesn't want to hear everything that I want to talk about. And sometimes, the way they deal with me is not very nice because they're busy. And that is when I get a bit upset. Oh, why don't they want to talk to me? And I just feel Jesus saying, talk to me. I'm here. Give me everything. 
We have smartphones. You can wake up in the morning, and as you wake up and you look at your smartphone, you've got like, I don't know, loads of notifications from your apps, and you start clicking on them, and you go on Instagram or Facebook, and you start looking at various things, and you start seeing how someone's just put new carpet down, or somebody's just got a mortgage, and you don't even have a mortgage, or somebody is absolutely in love with their husband or their wife, and it gets sweeter every day because they've just bought them an iPad. I don't know what it is, but you see something and it makes you feel I don't have that I wasn't invited to that party how comes everyone's in that picture why didn't they invite me and it just sets the tone for the day and then you start using those things to fill you up because you feel empty but go straight to Jesus give him your first fruits give him all that energy that you've got rather than your smartphone or rather than people to affirm you So lastly, I just want to encourage you that the King of Kings loves you, Jesus Christ, and he's ready, waiting to have a deeper relationship with you in 2018. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you have a lovely day today and tomorrow.